Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
fellowship. What a blessedness. What a peace. Come on, we're leaning on Jesus. Christ. We're safe and secure. Come on, Christ. We're leaning on. We're leaning on Jesus. We're safe and secure. We're leaning. Come on, Christ. We're leaning on. Come on, clap your hands with us. Can you stand to your feet this morning as we are? in worship right now we're grateful to be in the house of the lord this morning for this is the day that the lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it if you're grateful to be alive this morning come on and join us in worship if you're watching virtually and those that are in person we're so glad to see you come on clap your hands and rejoice in jesus No matter what we're facing, we're still trusting in the name of the Lord. Come on. If you're leaning on Jesus, come on and clap your hands. Come on. Praise in the sanctuary, everybody. Clap your hands, all ye people. And let us shout unto God with the voice of triumph. For I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Come on and all magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. How many came to give God praise this morning, and you're not ashamed of it? Come on, let's give him glory this morning. We're grateful because we know that if it had not been for the Lord who has been on our side, the songwriter says, where would we be? Anybody got that testimony? You know that it was nobody but the Lord Jesus who brought you this far. Hallelujah. 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 
gonna take you back. Come on, church, let's sing it together. Come on. Come on. If it had, come on, here. Come on now. Come on, for the Lord. On my side. Come on, tell me where. afternoon Salem we welcome you to this worship experience both virtually and in person we're celebrating today the 16th anniversary of our pastors time leading us as a worshiping community and I'm so glad that you are here to celebrate it with us amen amen let us now go to the Lord in prayer Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for who you are and how you bless us, even without our permission. We're glad, God, that you gave us the opportunity to be here today in this auspicious occasion that we can not only worship you in spirit and in truth, but to show our gratitude for the shepherd you've sent to lead us. Bless everything that we say and do on today, God, that you get all honor, glory, and praise. It is in the blessed name of Jesus we pray that every heart say together, amen. amen. Salem, can you remain standing as we welcome into the sanctuary our senior pastor, Dr. Selwyn Q. Backus, and his lovely wife, Lady Marla Backus. Come on, let's give God praise for them as we continue to celebrate 16 years 
of ministry, 16 faithful years of ministry. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and the Lord shall direct your path. Come on, we're trusting in the Lord today. Come on, everybody, go my way and go. Go my way. Come on, sing. Put my, put my trust in God. Come on, we want to encourage you, everybody. Come on, whoa.
It says that uh, some folk put their trust in horses and chariots. In the 21st century, we got folk putting their trust in uh, their bank account. They put their trust in the casino. They put their trust in any and everything. But we at the Salem Baptist Church, we put our trust in God, amen? Because we know God has never failed us yet. And as long as we put our hand in God's hand and keep our trust in the Lord, everything's going to be all right. Even though we may go through some pain and it may be hard sometimes, but as long as we keep our trust in the Lord, everything's going to be all right. Let us prepare our hearts and minds for prayer. And as we do so, be mindful of uh, those that serve us, the federal officials that serve at the federal, state, and local level, and all of our military personnel, those that are hospitalized this week, Sister Jacqueline Jones, Select Specialty Hospital. Then there are those that stand in the need of ongoing and continuous prayer, Sister Norma Bell, Sister Emma Devers, Brother O.C. Coleman, Brother Shannon Dunlap, Brother Lance McGee, Brother Der Derek Spivey, Brother Derek Wakefield. And then there are those that stand in the need of prayer due to the loss of a loved one. Deacon Lynn and Sister Deb Fryson and the loss of his mother, beautiful Fryson Locke, funeral services on Monday, October 18, in Country Club Hills, Illinois. Sister Danita Johnson, the loss of her cousin, Embra Lawler. Funeral service will be held on Thursday, October 21, at 11 o'clock a.m. from this sanctuary. The family of Brother Latarius Johnson. Funeral service will be held on Friday, October 22nd, at 11 a.m., from the Fort Street Church of Christ. Sister Christina and Michaelia Zellner and the loss of their father, Lucius Zellner. Funeral services will be held on Saturday, October 23rd in Griffin, Georgia. Brother Raymond and Sister Alberta Willis in the loss of her niece, Maya Joan Sims. Funeral arrangements are pending in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, our minister in training, Sister Karen Bowen, um, who went on to be with the Lord on uh, August 31. Uh, she was a great asset and a great help in our ministers and training ministry. And we know that uh, she'll be surely missed and sorely missed in the life of the Salem Baptist Church. Let us prepare our hearts and minds now for prayer. Oh, for a closer walk with God, a calm and heavenly frame, a light to shine into the road that leads us to the land. Where is the blessedness I knew when first I saw the Lord? Where is thy soul-refreshing view of Jesus and his word? I came to Jesus as I was, weary, worn, and sad. 
but I found in him a resting place and he has made me glad. Thank you, Lord, for not only finding a resting place in you and for allowing us to trust you with everything we are and everything we shall be. But we thank you, God, for just how good you have been to us in spite of all the things that are going on that seem to be oppositions in our way. We thank you, God, because we know that without you, we are nothing. And because of you and your son, Jesus, we have an opportunity and a right to the tree of life. You have extended to us a reasonable portion of health and strength. You bestowed upon us grace and mercy that allow us to keep working on those things that are not pleasing in your sight so that we can get them together and get them right. Lord, we know that in times like these, you have been our Savior, and we trust you with every fiber of our being. And so as we continue to press our way toward your high mark, Lord, we know that we are grateful for you giving us a shepherd, not only after your own heart, but a shepherd who has led us in ways of righteousness and truth. A shepherd who has been there for us late in the midnight hour. A shepherd who's been there for us when we have had pain racking our bodies. A shepherd who's been there for us to be a listening ear when nobody else would listen. God, we thank you for a shepherd who loves us as much as he loves your church. Bless all of those on our sick and our shut-in list, God. Give them help wherever they grieve in mind, body, and spirit. Let them know that you have not forgotten them, and even though they may not be worshiping you on today, that your spirit is always with them. Bless those that are worshiping with us virtually, Lord. Be with them wherever they may be. And now, God, we ask that you bless the one that will stand in John's shoes and break the bread of life crown him from the top of his head to the sole of his feet that he will give us a word that will transform our lives and allow us to change the way we live so that everything we do is pleasing in your sight be with us god as we worship you in spirit and in truth this is your servant's prayer it is in jesus name we pray and for everyone who hears and believes, let us say together amen Amen and amen. Well, good afternoon, Salem. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. When they said, let's go to the house of the Lord, I was glad. I was glad about it, amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord once again, uh, giving honor and glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who's the head of my life. I thank him for the privilege that he's given me to be in his service today. Amen. Praise God. And I, I just want to uh, make a quick announcement, and I will take my seat. Uh, as we've uh, become aware, today is the 16th anniversary uh, of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Quentin Backus. Reverend Dr. Selwyn Quentin Backus. Amen. 
And we want to celebrate him and his family today. And we are grateful to the Lord. We fasted, we prayed, we prayed, we fasted. And 16 years ago, the Lord blessed us with the man after his, after his own heart. And he's been blessing us and been teaching and preaching. And we're grateful. We're also grateful that his brother, uh, Reverend Reginald Backus, is here today uh, to preach the word of God. Amen. I, I heard that he can preach the horns off a of billy goat. Isn't that right? <laughs> all right. Amen. We're glad to have Reverend Backus here. For all the way from Chicago, he came to be with us today. Now, I just want to share something with y'all. Y'all probably, many of y'all don't know uh, this about uh, our pastor. But uh, he, I've, over the 16 years, I've only noticed one flaw that the pastor has. And y'all may not have noticed any flaws, but... I picked up on one. Uh, he, he has one flaw that we're trying to get him to repent on it, but he won't repent. He won't say he's sorry. And I've, been, I've been working with him, been working with him, but he's, he's a Dallas Cowboy fan. And, you know, we, we're trying to, we, he won't repent. But we, we, I'm trying to get him on the good side, trying to get him on the Green Bay Packers just so he can get on the good side, but he, he just won't say he's sorry. Deacon Fairley, he won't say it. But we love him anyway. We love you anyway, Pastor. Amen. He's been preaching. He's been teaching. He's brought us through this pandemic. You know, he's been feeding the community with, with food boxes. He's been giving children's uh, backpacks for going back to school. He's just been leading in the community. So even though he's a Dallas Cowboy fan, we still love you, Pastor. We love you. Amen. Praise God. And I'm asking the, the people out in the virtual sanctuary as well as the people here in the sanctuary to join me and bless our pastor on today, on his 16th anniversary. Him and his family, let's bless him with a wonderful gift. Now, there's several ways you can give. There, there's a special... Uh, anniversary envelope here that they gave you as you came in. You, you can put your best gift in that envelope uh, and just bless him and his family. There's another envelope. It's, it's our regular offering envelope. On the bottom there, it has uh, other. You can just put pastor's anniversary down there and we'll make sure that he gets the gift that you give him. Amen? And for those of you that is in the 21st century, I'm still in the 20th century, 19th century. I, I write a check. But for those of you in the 21st century, there's lots of ways that you can give virtually. You can give electronically. So on those methods, you can. there's a memo section in each one of those methods, whether it's Venmo, whether it's Cash App. You can just put, put your best gift in there for the pastor and his family, to let them know how much we love them and how much we, we care for them, how much we appreciate them. It's the right thing to do. Amen? Amen. God bless you. God keep you. And let's just enjoy this service, the rest of the service, and enjoy the rest of your day. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dick Smith. Uh, we, again, are grateful to be in worship on today for those who are in the sanctuary and those who are in the virtual sanctuary. We're grateful for your prayers, your support, your love, your encouragement. 
as we celebrate this 16th anniversary. Very quickly, there are a few things we want to remind you of. Um, <clears throat> we will, our deacons will be in place on Saturday, November 6th, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. to hand out the, uh, the elements, communion elements, um, for those who are not going to be in person so that as we lead you in the communion from the sanctuary, wherever you might be, you might have those elements that you are able to uh, share with us and to commune with us wherever you might be. As well, we're having our Harvest Festival Saturday, October 30th, beginning at 10 a.m. And we want you to bring your children, your grandchildren, whomever it might be, uh, just drive them through. We'll hand them their treats and uh, they can go home and eat all that sugar and uh, y'all can have at it. Amen. So again, that's on Saturday, October 30th, beginning at 10 a.m. until all of the treats are gone. Amen. And we again continue to thank you, Salem, for your uh, commitment and dedication, your stewardship and your giving. And uh, we are grateful that the people of God at, here at the Salem Church are faithful and dedicated in their stewardship. The truth is, is that everything that we have comes from the Lord. And we are managers and stewards. The word of God declares that if you trust him with the tithe, he will then open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings you won't have room enough to receive. Amen. And I know I have some witnesses here today in the sanctuary and in the virtual sanctuary who can testify that the Lord is true to his word. Amen. There are various platforms by which you can give your tithe and offering. You can mail them here to the church at 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. From 9 to 5 on Monday through Friday, you can bring them to the church office. There is a secure tithe and offering uh, box just outside the administrative office. You can give through our website at SalemBC.org, PayPal, Giveify, through Cash App and Venmo. And uh, you can text to give at 402-543-3316. Amen. Again, we thank you in advance for uh, all that you continue to do in the life of the Salem Church. So glad to have Pastor Page and his wife here have come to celebrate with us on this anniversary. Amen. <laughs> Certainly glad to have my sister, Vernita, who uh, has... Uh, come from Chicago, uh, Sister Bacchus, uh, the boys are not here, uh, Miles again uh, is, uh, he said he was working and I told him, asked him, I said, the bank doesn't open on Sunday, does it? And he said, well, I got to be here for Monday. I said, well, it's not that far. Anyway, so we're glad for Miles and Selwyn is uh, at Harvard, y'all. He's at Harvard getting his master's degree in architecture, and again, as I said in the earlier service, uh, uh, just about all of that credit goes to his mother and to the Salem Church, uh, to the Shiloh Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, and to the First Union Baptist Church in Richmond, Virginia, and invested so much in them, and we are grateful. Um, I know my sister um, has a lot going on. She's the CEO and uh, she has a lot going on, and I told her that, uh, you know, I knew she had a lot going on, and she said, I'm coming anyway. And um, she doesn't know I know why, but I know why, uh, because this is my second anniversary without my mother. 
and I know she wanted to be here uh, because of that. Amen. And so I thank her for making that sacrifice for the sacrifice that Sister Backus has made over these 16 years, well, I guess altogether 26 years. Uh, grateful for that. But we have a preacher in the house. He preached us crazy at 10 a.m. Amen. Uh, pastor Reginald E. Backus, pastor of the Friendship Baptist Church in Chicago, Illinois. Amen. My brother, and uh, we are so great. He's my blood brother and my brother in ministry. And so glad uh, that he carved out time in his busy schedule to come and share with us. He's not only the pastor, but he's on the board of directors for the National Convention, right? But no, he's the treasurer for the National Baptist Congress. He's the president of the Congress in, uh, in Illinois. And so he has a lot going on, but uh, we are so grateful that he has, again, carved out time to come and share with us in worship. I said earlier, Pastor Mike P. Williams said to myself and a group of my friends years ago that uh, uh, it's wonderful to have friends, but it's even better to have friends that can preach. So when you invite them, you're not just inviting them because they're your friend. You're inviting them because they're uh, great preachers. And I'm so grateful that my brother is a great preacher. Amen. And so uh, we're going to move out of the way and uh, be blessed by uh, the preach word again from none other than Pastor Reginald E. Backus, pastor of the Friendship Baptist Church of Chicago, Illinois. We're going to ask it at this time that our music and fine arts ministry would come and lead us further in the worship. Come on, put your hands together and praise the Lord.
God said amen. Amen. We certainly thank and praise God for this blessed privilege to be at the Salem Church as we celebrate the 16th anniversary of the shepherd of this house. Come on, Salem. You ought to be applauding right there. 16 years. And we do thank and praise God for what he has done, what he is doing. The life of Dr. Selwyn Quentin Backus to uh, the presider of the pulpit, Dr. Moore, to uh, the officers and members of this church, to the praise for the um, media and fine arts, is that it? Fine arts ministry, uh, to all the officers, to all of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we are thankful to God again for the privilege to be here. Um, I am uh, grateful to uh, Sister Marla, let us celebrate Sister Marla Shirley Backus. Amen. I said in the early service, I don't call her sister-in-law, I call her sister. I call her a lot of other stuff too, but I call her my sister, um, and uh, I won't tell you some of the things that she calls me, uh, but we have a, uh, a fond, fondness for each other, and if she doesn't feel that way about me, don't tell me. I don't want to know. That's the way we are. And then uh, Selwyn is my uh, baby brother. I think I've got him about seven, at least seven years. And so uh, our uh, early youth, we, I spent at the house, but I got out uh, pretty quick. As soon as I turned, I think 17, 18, I was gone. And y'all can see how much bigger than me he is. Uh, he ate all the food that I left behind. <laughs> So we uh, thank God for him. I am so proud of him and so uh, proud of what God is doing through him. And I said this, I'm, I want to say this to this crowd too. I said it this morning. Uh, my father said something that has just stuck with me uh, and I share it every chance I get. I believe he was at a pastor's anniversary at the time uh, and he was sharing with the church uh, how good it is for the church to be able to boast not in a sense of pride but to boast and to share with others that we have a great pastor that's a that's a good thing to be able to do in Salem I believe you can do that you can do it without fear of contradiction then he went on to say uh, how good it would be if churches decided that they were going to do all they could to make their pastor a great pastor to help to elevate and make the pastor a great pastor Salem, you can do that when you pray for him and, and love on him. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, and, uh, and, and he certainly needs your prayers. I said this and then I'll move on. I said this this morning as well. Uh, no one but a pastor understands what pastors have had to deal with through this pandemic. You have no idea. Uh, I don't know what all happened at Salem, but several weeks I had to preach the empty pews as though the, the, the church was full because I knew people were watching and so caught on a level of creativity uh, thank God that uh, Pastor Backus has staff here that can help him I had to learn stuff I never in my life wanted to learn about technology amen how cameras work and, and all of that so there's been so much that has gone on and we're not done yet so I, I, I urge you to pray for your pastor and 
continue to love on him. I applaud you for celebrating his anniversary, uh, this uh, 16th anniversary, and I pray that there will be many more. And y'all just help me one more time. I won't bother you anymore. One more time, let's celebrate this man of God, 16 years. Thank God for my lovely sister who's here. Uh, she is busy, but she's, she's like mama to all of us. I, I had her laughing last night. Um, I was late getting to the airport, and I was running through the airport, and I got on, and I got on the plane, and I said, I'm going to find my sister. I know she's already in her seat. <laughs> and I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. Uh, I said, I'm going to find her because she got blonde hair. <laughs> and then I looked on the plane, and everybody else had blonde hair, so I, <laughs> I had to look for a familiar face, so <laughs> thank God for her. Uh, and for each one of you. Let's bow for a moment of prayer. Father, we thank and praise you for this uh, blessed day that you have allowed us to be a part of. You've allowed us to celebrate, first of all, to worship you for who you are. Uh, certainly, you are God. You're God all by yourself. Uh, thank you for your omniscience and for your omnipotence, your omnipresence. Thank you that you are so much wiser than we are. And thank you for ordering our steps. We pause now to say thank you for this man of God that you have planted in this vineyard to labor among these, your people. Pray, God, for continued health and strength and wisdom that you will endow upon his life and that he will continue to seek your direction and guidance as he leads these, your people. Uh, pray, God, that you'll keep his mind stayed on you. Uh, give him a, a soundness of mind and a strong spirit. Uh, bless his family in a special way. Bless Marla, bless the boys, bless this entire congregation. And we just, again, pause and say thank you. Uh, we're sinners saved by your grace. So we thank you for being who you are. Now, uh, we thank you for the songs of Zion that have been lifted, scriptures that's been read, prayers that have been prayed. And now we come to the moment of preaching and proclamation. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will speak through this sinful, broken, and marred vessel. Help me to proclaim the truth of your word. Not my way, but your way. Not my words, but your words. Not my will, but your will. I ask God if you'll allow the words of our mouth the meditations of our heart to be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. This is your servant's prayer, and we ask it in Jesus' name. And God's people said together, amen, amen. Uh, just for a few minutes, I want to uh, look at a passage of Scripture in the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter number 16, and verses 7 through 9. Second Chronicles 16, 7 through 9. And I'm reading from the New King James Version, and it reads this way. And at that time, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. 
Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly, therefore, from now on you shall have wars. Amen. God's word for God's people. I want to tag that text with this thought. Uh, don't let fear fog your faith. Don't let fear fog your faith. Uh, beloved, fear has often been labeled as man and woman's number one enemy. Uh, fear was first experienced in the beginning when man disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden. Uh, Genesis chapter 3 verse 10 says, Adam heard the voice of God walking in the garden and he stated that he was afraid and hid himself among the trees in the garden. So brothers and sisters, fear has been around uh, since shortly after man's existence. And if one were to focus on fear, we could reveal a multitude of fears. Uh, there's the fear of what might happen to our bodies, particularly as we age. There is the fear of sickness, the fear for the soundness of our minds, fear of poverty, fear of unemployment, fear of criticism, fear of temptation, fear of financial loss, fear of the consequences of wrongdoing, fear of loneliness, fear of old age, fear of things in our past, fear of poverty, and then fear of our last enemy, which is death. Uh, some of us are haunted with strange fears, and here's two of my fears that I just never, I, I just don't want this to happen to me, the fear of drowning or the fear of being buried alive. And I don't want to drive this pandemic in the ground, but we might as well add today that there's another fear that has surfaced in every one of our lives, and that is the fear of this invisible novel enemy we now face called COVID-19 or the coronavirus. But the Bible has so many references to the subject of fear. As a matter of fact, Dr. Frank Ray of the New Salem Church in Memphis, Tennessee, has stated that there are at least 365 fear knots in the Bible, and that gives us one fear knot for every day of the year. So as believers, we ought not to live lives in spite of what's going on around us. We cannot live lives of fear. The Apostle Paul in his second letter to Timothy in chapter 1 verse 7 tells Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But we might as well admit that living in a sinful world and the fact that life sometimes unfolds in ways that don't coincide with our plans and our projections, it often leads to moments of uncertainty, of apprehension, of doubt, anxiety, skepticism, perplexity, hesitancy, and even fear of the unknown. But the good news this morning is that while fear will occasionally invade our lives, the Word of God gives us assurance that no matter what's happening around us or even what may be going in us, we serve a God that is aware of whatever we're facing in our lives. 
Listen, I've come to discover that he's a God of strength, and God seeks those that have a loyal heart towards him. And in the passage we just read, Asa uh, is now king of Judah. He resumes the reign of king of Judah after his, his father, Abijah, dies and rests with the, his fathers in the city of David. Asa, according to 2 Chronicles chapter 14, does what was good and what was right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He removed every altar that was built to foreign gods. He removed the high places of idol worship, broke down the sacred pillars, and cut down every wooden image. Asa also commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to properly observe the law of God and God's commandments. So under Asa's leadership, Judah sought the Lord their God. They built and fortified their cities and they were granted rest by God because of their loyalty and their commitment towards him. And while the Bible does not give us a timeline on when all of this happened, but sometimes after the period of this peace and rest, verse 9 of chapter 14 says that Zerah, the Ethiopian, came out against King Asa and the nation uh, and the people of Judah. Uh, not only did Zerah come out, but they came out in force. They came out with an army of one million men and 300 chariots. And the Bible had just informed us in verse 8 that Asa only had an army of 300,000 men from Judah and 280,000 men from the tribe of Benjamin. Now, I'm a mathematician. Well, I, I try to do math. But uh, if my math serves me correct, the numbers, if you look at them, will paint a picture that Asa is outnumbered. And not only is he outnumbered, he's also overpowered. Asa's army is 42% smaller than the Ethiopian army. They are outnumbered by over 400,000 men. And to add insult to injury, Asa has no chariots. He only has warriors with shields and bows and arrows. But Zerah, the Ethiopian, not only outnumbers Asa, but the Bible reminds us he has 300 horse-drawn chariots. And when you read ancient uh, times and re read ancient history, in ancient days during times of war, the chariot represented a formidable advantage over any soldier that was on foot. So Zerah, the Ethiopian, had a noticeable advantage over Asa as well as the armies of Judah and Benjamin. And brothers and sisters, let me pause right there to let you know that, that the tactic of our human enemies, the tactic of our spiritual enemies, and even the tactic of our invisible enemies are always the same. This passage confirms what I've discovered in my, in my own life. And that is, watch this, whenever you experience a period of rest, when you experience a, a period of spiritual rest, whenever you have a time of spiritual renewal and spiritual revival, whenever it seems as though there is peace present in your life and all is well, the devil will launch an attack to disrupt your peace. I ought to say that one more time. Whenever things 
seem to be going well and when the Lord has been good to you and when things have worked out well in your favor, you better be aware that the enemy will launch an attack to try and disrupt your peace. And what we must recognize is that the enemy's real desire is to distract us and to have us focus on the attack and not focus on the God who gave us peace. Oh, you need to be careful. When the enemy approaches and attacks you in your life, don't focus on what the enemy does because he has limited power. I ought to have a witness in, in here. But keep your eyes stayed on him who has unlimited power and who can change circumstances and situations just by the word of his mouth. Oh, oh yeah, whenever you strive for spiritual renewal, whenever you seek spiritual revival in your life, and whenever you have successfully opposed the enemy, don't be surprised that the enemy will turn up the heat of his attack in your life. And one of the ways that the enemy will attempt to fog your faith and, and, and to allow fear to come into your life is to make your situation and your circumstances seem insurmountable. Listen, watch what happened. Asa earlier, uh, Asa rather, goes to battle against Zerah and the Ethiopians, but before heading into the heat of battle, Asa teaches all of us a lesson well worth remembering. Before he engages in battle, and despite knowing that he's outnumbered and overpowered, Asa cries out to the Lord his God with this prayer. Listen to what he said, Lord, it's nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. But help us, O Lord, our God, for we rest on you, and in your name we go out against this multitude. Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. And you can read that leading up to, to the text we just read. But listen, the Bible says that the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. They were overthrown, and they could not recover because they were broken before the Lord and his army. And I don't know who I may be talking to this morning, but we can learn from Asa and his resilience on the Lord to assist him in a time of battle. Now, now notice, if you will, this is, this is important, that Asa did not expect the Lord to fight the battle for him, but what he did do was ask the Lord to help him in the midst of his battle. He was outnumbered. He was outmanned, he was overpowered, and by all human estimates, he was defeated before the battle ever started. But Asa had enough faith in God to step up and march out to engage the enemy in battle, and he did it with the help of the Lord. And so can I suggest this morning that when overwhelming odds are stacked against you, when you seem to be outmanned, outnumbered, and overpowered, you need to learn how to resolve to seek the help of the Lord. You need to rest in the power of God and face your enemies in the name of the Lord. Listen, there are some battles we just cannot fight on our own. But listen, anybody here know that one man and God can defeat the biggest army? and if you got God on your side, he will take care of you. 
So leading up to this passage in, in chapters 14 and 15, after his victory over the Ethiopians, Asa, the Bible says, walked peacefully and successfully with the Lord for 25 years. There was peace in the land. The people sought the Lord and God gave them rest. But chapter 16 tells us that after nearly 25 years of peace, there was another confrontation against Judah and Asa. This time it was by the northern kingdom Israel and King Bashar. Because of Asa's success and the peace in Judah, many residents of Israel were now fleeing to Judah and Bashar, king of Israel, wanted to stop the flow of people, so he fortifies the town of Ramah to block citizens from fleeing Israel into the land of Judah. You'll find that in verse 1. At the same time, travel had been restricted from Judah, and it disrupted the daily life of the people of Judah. And Asa, this great king that had witnessed the power of God when he defeated the Ethiopians despite being outmanned, that same Asa that had experienced peace in the land and had been encouraged by Azariah who had told him that the Lord would be with him as long as he stayed with the Lord. When this challenge from Bashar arose, the king of Israel, Asa decides to make a treaty with Benadad, who was the king of Syria. And not only does he decide to make a treaty, Asa then goes and takes silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and treasures from his own house and presents them to Benadad to form a treaty with him against Bashar, his new enemy. Now, it's one thing to take treasuries from your own house. But to take treasures from the house of the Lord is quite another. Asa forgot one thing that all of us need to remember, and I hope you never forget it. Here it is. He forgot that the God of the temple could help him much more than the gold of the temple. The God of the temple was much more powerful than the gold of the temple. Listen, you cannot take what belongs to God and try to use it for worldly benefit. I'm walking down somebody's road right there. Listen, whatever you have, God blessed you with it. God only requires 10% of it. But if you take what belongs to him, I'm here to tell you he's going to get it on the back end. One way or another, God will get what belongs to him. And you cannot take what belongs to God and use it for worldly benefit. Brothers and sisters, when it comes to the work of the Lord and when it comes to spiritual warfare, we need to know that you cannot buy the enemy off. Asa here tries to buy a, a, a treaty uh, with Benadad, king of Syria, but I've come to discover that it matters not how much you have is never enough for the enemy. You, you just cannot uh, successfully deal with the enemy. Okay, maybe, maybe this will help a little bit. Uh, last year during the shelter in place, uh, they, say, they literally shut the city of Chicago down and I spent a, a lot more time uh, at home that, than I normally do. Uh, and, and I don't normally watch a lot of television, but I found myself watching a lot more uh, than I normally did during, uh, during this time of pandemic. And my daughter and I would sit up at night uh, and we will watch series of shows. Uh, but we, we got uh, tied into a series called Ozark on Netflix. Anybody heard of Ozark? 
Now, if you haven't started watching, then don't start. Just take it from me. Don't, don't get caught up, because once you start watching it, it just reels you in. Ozark is about a financial guru that got involved with a drug cartel because he has the uncanny ability to launder illegal money. And here's the interesting thing that I noticed, even in the series. When you form and make alliances with the wrong people, no matter what you do, it's never enough. This fella's name was Marty Bird. <laughs> I mean, I know their names. I'm... Marty Bird was a, bro a, a, a brother who was able to launder millions and millions of dollars. He left the big city and went to the Ozarks to kind of hide out. Uh, but the drug cartel found out where he was, and his first job in the little bitty uh, uh, cove of the Ozarks was to launder $8 million. Now, the cartel didn't think he could do it, but miraculously, somehow, Marty Bird pulls it off. And before he could relax, the cartel shows up. He thought he was about to rest. They show up with another $10 million. He barely gets through laundering the $10 million, and this time they show up with $50 million, and they tell him he better launder this or he was going to lose his life along with his family. And I know somebody saying, what in the world that got to do? Listen, I've come to discover that even when you watch junk on television, you can learn something from it. I have discovered that crime is just like our spiritual enemy. Every time your enemy gets you to compromise your faith in the Lord, the next compromise is going to take you a little deeper and a little further in your sin. So don't compromise your faith. Don't allow the fear or even the enemy to fog your faith in God. Grandmama used to say if he did it before, he can do it again. The God we serve is big enough to see us through any challenge and help us over any obstacle if we'll only maintain our faith in him. Look at verse 7 of chapter 16. says, Hanani, the seer or the prophet, uh, after Asa makes this deal uh, 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 with the king of Syria, with Benadad, uh, Hanani uh, 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 comes and, and tells Asa, because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. In other words, Hanani informs Asa uh, that had he continued to trust in God as he had done in the past, he would have been able to defeat both Benadad and Bashar. If he had not put his reliance in man, but maintained his reliance in God, he would have been victorious over both of these armies. And someone, someone under the sound of my voice needs to hear that this morning. Listen, God is bigger than our enemies. And we cannot afford to compromise our faith by making alliances or cutting secret deals with the enemy. But then Hanani goes on to remind Asa how he had defeated the Ethiopians even though he was outmanned and how the enemy was placed in his hands and it was all because he had relied on the Lord his God. And I just want to lift three quick things and I'll get out of your way. Three things that Hananiah the prophet reveals to Asa that will also prove relevant to us as believers in 2021. First of all, 
Hananiah teaches all of us that we've, we've got the promise of God's presence. Look at the A portion of verse, uh, verse 9 in this text. He says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Asa missed the fact that God has an active observance of individual men and women, and this active observance is throughout the whole earth. Somebody missed that. He reminded Asa and reminds us that God actively observes what's going on in our lives. And instead of us panicking when things don't go our way, we must understand God is looking and God may well be trying to mature us and to strengthen our faith in order that we know that he's able to deliver us in the midst of our trials. Grandmama used to say, nothing escapes the all-seeing eye of God. As a matter of fact, the vigorous active choice of words that are utilized by the author of this text indicate uh, not only does God observe of men and women as he observes, but as a result of God's continual observance, we are also assured of his continual presence. The important thing is you got to make sure you're on the right side. So, so no matter what you, uh, where you are, what you're experiencing, or how dire your circumstances might seem, God sees what you're going through. And better yet, God knows where you are and what you're going through. And, and at the appropriate time, God will do something about your situation. That, that's good news this morning. A $2 word for this trillion-dollar promise is omnipresence. It just means that God is everywhere at the same time. That he has an eye that is all-seeing and he knows where we are. Uh, not only is God omnipresent, but he's also omniscient. That simply means he knows everything. There's nothing that God does not know. Now, I better warn you, there's some good news and some bad news and some better news in the fact that God knows all. The good news is God sees everything that occurs in your life as well as in mine. The bad news is God sees everything that occurs in your life and in mine. But the better news is, in spite of knowing everything about us, those of us that trust in God have the blessed assurance that we have the presence of God in spite of our shortcomings. Oh, isn't that amazing? Isn't that good news that God knows all about us, but yet we have the promise of his continual presence as his eyes go to and fro throughout the earth. And, and I wish I had some profound, picturesque proclamation that would impress you, but all I can tell you is God knows what you're going through, knows where you are, knows what you need, because his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth. So the good news of this text is, uh, th th this word from Hananiah is, we have the promise of God's presence. The second thing this passage teaches us, that we have the performance of God's power. Hananiah says that not only does God's eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth, and I'm trying not to shout right here, but he says as he observes what's happening throughout the earth, God wants to show himself strong. It's in your Bible if you haven't torn it out. Look at verse number 9, the B portion. 
to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. I get excited knowing that God is looking for opportunities to show himself strong. I mean, that ought, that ought to help you in your day-to-day -day journey because you need to know God is just waiting and God is seeking opportunities that he can show himself strong. And I know we're in the midst of some trying times right now and, and based on the calculations and indications and estimations as a nation, it might be a good while before, if ever, we get back to some sense of normalcy or business as usual. But you know what? I stopped worrying about the pandemic. I'm going to be safe and use wisdom. Uh, I'm not fearful of the future anymore. I refuse to get in panic mode because I know God not only sees where we are, but God is waiting on the proper time to show himself strong. I, I didn't mean to say all this, but I think, God, I, think, I think a lot of God's children have missed this opportunity. I'm just throwing this out for free. I'm not going to charge you anything, but I think it might help you. God gave us opportunity during this pandemic to slow down. Gave us opportunity to rest. Gave us an opportunity to focus on him. And if we're not careful, we'll get right back into the same old mode and way of doing things that we've done in the past and we'll miss the opportunity to get closer to God. So our job, in spite of what's going on, is to be faithful, steadfast, unmovable, and persevere, knowing that at the right time and at the opportune time, God is going to show up and God is going to show himself strong. God's done it too many times before. If you read your Bible, he's done it too many times before, and I know that if he's done it before, he's able to do it again. And at the right time, God steps in to show his power in the lives of men. And so I want to encourage somebody this morning, don't ever give up on God's timing. Don't, don't ever give up on God because for many of us, his timing might seem late, but if you trust him, his time is always the right time. Any Bible readers remember Abraham taking his son up on the mountain? God told him to go up and sacrifice your one son, your only son, that, that son of promise uh, uh, that I've given you, go up uh, on Mount Moriah and slay your son Abraham. Uh, goes up, he's faithful. The Bible says that he strapped him down, uh, had the fire going, and was about to sacrifice his only son. Had the knife in the air, God dispatched an angel from heaven and said, Abraham, stay your hand. And while Abraham was planning to slay his only son, God in his infinite wisdom and divine timing was sending a ram up the other side of the mountain. Anybody here know God will step in and he steps in right on time. While you trying to figure it out, God already worked it out. Yeah, he's done it before. Moses and the children of Israel at the Red Sea. Daniel in the lion's den. The Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace. My God is able to step in right on time. Yeah, we got the promise of God's presence. We got the, uh, uh, the performance of God's power. Finally, and I'm going to my seat. This text is tailored to teach us 
the payoff of persistent faith. Look at the last phrase, uh, phrase in verse 9. God's eyes go to and fro. He wants to show himself strong. And the last phrase says, and he does it on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. As I close, the prophet closes his word to Asa and leaves on record for us that God sees where we are. God wants to show himself strong and he does it to those whose hearts are loyal to him. That's what I want to leave you with today. The Lord desires that our hearts be fixed, our minds made up, that we're going to trust in him. And can I add that he is a trustworthy God? Anybody know? That we serve a trustworthy God. He, he's trustworthy. God will strengthen and God will deliver those with loyal hearts. Go to my seat, but I'm reminded, some of you may have heard me tell this, reminded of the story of a, a, a lady who uh, lived in a duplex and the owner of the duplex was her landlord. She lived in a house uh, that uh, was owned uh, by a man who happened to be an atheist. She was a firm believer in God and she, she just knew that her God would deliver her in, in spite of what she may have been going through. She would often have long debates with her landlord and he would tell her that there is no God. and a God is not real. God can't deliver you. Whatever you accomplish, you've done it on your own. And she said, no, my God takes care of me. One day, uh, one of those months where she had more month than she had money. Anybody ever been there? You had, had more month than you had money. This woman retired uh, to her room. It was, a, it was a cool day, so she had her window lifted. It just so happened that the landlord was outside her window trimming some bushes. This woman went in her room closed the door, got down on her knees, and she said, Lord, for the first time in a long time, I got more month than I got money. Paid my rent, paid my bills, but I ran out of money. I don't have any food. And Lord, you promised me that you would be my shepherd. And Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm depending on you to provide for me as you've done in times past. Got up off her knees, went on about her business. That atheist overheard her prayer. He said, I got her now. I got her now. I got, I got her now. He got in his car, drove down to the grocery store, bought about six bags of groceries, took them back to the house, put them on the porch, knocked on the door, and ran around the corner. The woman opened the door. She saw that food sitting in front of her door, and all she could do was say, praise the Lord. She said, thank you, Jesus. I knew that you would hear and answer my prayer. About that time, that old low-down atheist came around the corner. He said, he said, mama, I don't know what you're talking about. God didn't do that. I did it. He said, he said, God didn't have anything to do with that. I took my money, drove in my car, and went down to the store and bought you those groceries. She said, praise the Lord.
He said, what do you mean, praise the Lord? She said, praise the Lord. He said, I did all of that. That's my money. That was my car. I brought this food to your house. She said, praise the Lord, because the Lord heard and answered my prayer. I knew he was going to deliver. I just didn't know he was going to use the devil in order to answer my prayer. And I just wonder this morning as I go to my seat, is there anybody here that know God will use your enemies to take care of you? God will make your enemies your footstool. Don't let fear fog your faith. Don't let fear fog your faith. Old songwriter used to say, be not dismayed. Whatever be tied. God will, I, I said I wasn't going to do this to this time, but I said God will, God will take care of you. I ought to have two or three witnesses that the world wrote you off, but God stepped in and he will take care of you. The songwriter said, uh, beneath his wings, uh, love abides. Uh, God will, uh, I said, God will uh, take care of you. Uh, good afternoon, Salem, uh, and may the Lord bless you real good. Pastor Backus, uh, keep on standing, uh, keep on preaching. Uh, Keep on telling the world uh, that we serve a God uh, that is able. I said able. Uh, he's able uh, to take care of you. Uh, ain't God all right? Uh, anybody in the house today uh, will testify uh, that if it had not been uh, for the Lord uh, walking by my side, uh, I don't know where I would be. Uh, I just want to encourage somebody. I want to tell you to hold on, hold on, hold on uh, to God's uh, unchanging hand. Uh, ain't he able? I said, ain't he able? Won't he take care of you? Won't he provide for you? Uh, won't he make a way for you? Won't he open doors for you? Won't he make your enemies uh, leave you alone? Uh, won't he heal your body? Won't he drop tear stained eyes? Won't he lift a bow down head? Uh, won't he be a lawyer in a time of trouble? Uh, a doctor in a sick room? Uh, I call him Jesus. 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 I said, Jesus. Jesus, my elder brother, Jesus, yeah, Abraham's redeemer, Daniel's a lion tamer, the Hebrew boys, air conditioning in a fiery furnace, I'm talking about Jesus, he was Moses' wind at the Red Sea, ain't he all right? Solomon's wisdom, uh, David's shepherd, uh, ain't he all right? Uh, my elder brother, uh, my friend, uh, in a time of trouble, uh, ain't he all right? Won't he take care of you? Just help me one time, uh, if you know he will. Uh, 
Say yeah Say yeah Say yes Oh Don't let fear mess with your faith. Don't let fear fog your faith. Stand when the winds are blowing. Stand when the storms are raging. Stand on the word of God. And I'm here to tell you today, God will, God will, God will take care of you. He'll take care of you. My, 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 what a word on today. Even as you stand, we thank God for the message and for the messenger. Even now, we extend the invitation. The Lord loves us. He's there for us. He's present. He wants to display his power in our lives. And we thank God that his love and power was displayed through Jesus Christ. One Friday outside the walls of Jerusalem, Jesus Christ died in our stead, on our behalf, because he loved us so much. But the good news is, is that the power of God was displayed because on that third day, he was raised from the dead with all power in his hand. Romans 10 reminds us, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world that God raised him from the dead you shall be saved and so if you're here in the sanctuary of the Salem church and you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus trust him as Lord and Savior this is a wonderful moment to do it and just after the benediction our deacons will be waiting for you at the information center so that you can make that confession of faith and we can welcome you into the family of faith or if you're watching in the virtual sanctuary and you want to give your life to the Lord, please give us a call at 402-455-1000, option 3. There's someone waiting right now to hear your voice. Or if you know the Lord but you want to be a part of a church family, please reach out to us at 402-455-1000, option 3. Or meet our deacons just out of, outside of the sanctuary uh, immediately following the benediction.
We pray and hope that you have made a decision to give your life to the Lord in this moment in time. Those who are in the sanctuary, you may be seated. Immediately following the benediction, our ushers will escort you from the sanctuary, from the rear to the front. Again, we thank God for, for you, Salem, and these 16 years of pastor and people. We are grateful for the love and support that you have shown during this time, and we pray the Lord will continue to bless Salem in a marvelous, marvelous way. One more time, put your hands together and pr praise the Lord for this preacher on today. Amen. Let's bow our heads again, Lord. We are grateful and thankful for all that you've done for this privilege to share in this time of worship. We pray that it would have inspired strengthen and encourage those who have shared either here in the sanctuary or in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling, is able to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy to the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God in the sanctuary of the Salem Church all across this city, all across this state, all across this country and all across the world said together, amen, amen, and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead.